your nurture marketing, right? Like it's never, it's, it's not never, but it's not likely to be the thing that goes viral. I say that quite a bit too. Like it's not likely to be the thing that's actually effective in your business is not likely to be the thing that goes viral because viral is like, yeah, this is exciting. It's fun. She's being fun, whatever. Um, people, when they're making buying decisions, they're not necessarily looking for fun. They're looking for kind of like facts on the ground. And, um, and they're also looking, you know, to be, I don't want to say called out, but I kind of mean like called out in a loving way. Like they want, they need to like, it needs to hit them. Welcome to the Juicy CEO Podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths. So sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to get into the juice. I'm super excited to have this very special guest today because not only is she a master at what she does, but she is also a close personal friend. And I consider a mentor over these umpteen amount of years that we have worn so many different entrepreneurial hats. She is muse, magician, mentor, marketer, creative. And these are just some of the common words that precede an introduction to this beauty. Please welcome. Tamika Owai to the show. Thank you. (laughs) Tamika is the CEO of Arisha Creative, an inventive nurture marketing agency that serves leaders in the online coaching industry. She is also the creator of the Nurture Matrix, a unique evergreen nurture marketing framework that's revolutionizing the way that master coaches approach social media and email marketing. She is a boss, people, so I need you to be going to get your notebooks ready and be listening because she's going to be talking about marketing in a whole different way in touch with things that I don't even talk about. So I'm super excited for this conversation because she has helped her clients scale past a million dollars. And I'm talking people who had zero to a million and some people who were in the mid six figures to a million just using her frameworks and using her agency and her team. Uh, She hails from... Toronto, Canada, like the rest of us, right? So we obviously are super close. And I cannot wait for this pandemic slash lockdown of number month Brazilian is over. So her and I can finally have this lunch that we've been probably planning for two and a half. (laughs) It's been a hot minute. I think the last time we sat down to have lunch, like was probably like three years ago. Like maybe, maybe five, maybe five. When we went to um, Washington, when we were in Ruston together. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Two two years. I mean, we had to be in a different country in order for us to connect, which is interesting. (laughs) That was funny. Okay. So you guys don't know this, like Tamika, we've lived so many, we've had so many entrepreneurial journeys, but Tamika and I actually met when I was a jewelry designer and she was, I don't even like, I remember you were putting on an event for like helping other artists and fashion related people, um, showcase their stuff. So it, I'd love it if you told people, because I mean, like so many people listen, they're like, 
oh my God, this person has it together. Ray, Ray, Ray. It's like so many different journeys had to happen. Pieces needed to be put into places we didn't even realize to be where we are right now. So I would love it if you share some of your journey with people, like let them know, like, where were you and how you got into like running this, this amazing thriving agency? Yeah. You know, it's, you're right. It's like, you gotta like, feels like, like track has to be laid before the train can start like moving and picking up speed. And you know, the social world is like so full of the highlight reel. Right. So yes, today I have an agency and 10, 12 years ago, I started a like fashion marketing business. I was doing pop-ups before people actually knew what what a pop-up, pop-up was, yes. right? So I'd like call the realtor and be like, can I borrow your space while it's not rented? And they'd be like, who are you? Go away. Um, <laughs> right? Those, it didn't days. Make, those days, yeah. I, you know, lover of fashion and I, I was laid off. I had my first kiddo and it was like, I don't want to go back. It was 08 also. So like economy was doing weird things. So I'm like, I could go back and take a marketing job for like the same salary that I was making when I got out of school or I could finally take the leap and start my own thing. And so, yeah, I started a fashion marketing business, shop socials, it was called. And that's how we met. Um, the only problem is, and I, I, I will venture that you believe the same thing too. Like fashion's a tough game, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Anyone who goes into fashion, I hate it because they're like, Monique, but fashion's your life. I was like, yes. And I don't advise anyone to go into that space. <laughs> start, really- a fa- start a fashion label when you're rich. Start your other business first, because, yes. you know, so, so running a, a marketing business for an audience that doesn't have a lot of budget, that's like waiting for Beyonce to wear their stuff. Um, right. Like it, it's very difficult to, 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 you know, work for those or work with those clients as much as I loved it. So that's where I got started. Um, but yeah, it put like my life and my family through a ringer a little bit. I had like a, a, a little kid um, who I'm, you know, trying to, trying to figure out this mom thing and the economy was all like up and down. Um, so yeah, it was a really expensive hobby business. It put the fam, like, that is so perfect how you said that expensive yeah. business. Yeah. That was me too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I loved it. Expensive hobby business created probably a good, like 60 or $70,000 worth of debt for our family because it wasn't doing the thing. Right. Um, so yeah, it was like one day I woke up and I'm like, okay, this can't work anymore. <laughs> I think it wasn't that I woke up. It was the stress mounting in my life. Yeah, it's like, you, yeah. you can't continue this way, friend. Um, so I went back to my roots and I was like, okay, well, what do I know how to do really well? Um, I'm a marketer. That's what I went to school for. That's, you know, I had a director level marketing role when I was like 26. Um, it was layoffs and everything else that put me into entrepreneurship. So I'm like, let me go back to to grassroots. And I just started consulting, you know, other entrepreneurs, other small business owners, kind of like of all stripes all over the place. Um, but one of the interesting things that happened while I had shop socials was that I got back into like writing and blogging, you know, in in an effort to grow that business, I reconnected with my love of writing. Um, and so I took that and I, I, one day I had this coach that I was working with and I saw her, um, advertise a content, um, a content creator or content marketer role within her organization. And I was like, you know what? Like I've never written like content for, a, like I've written it for my own business. Um, and I had been consulting like marketing strategy for other business owners, but I'm like, I know her stuff so well. I've been like on her list, you know, soaking up every darn thing for the longest. I'm like, I can do this. And so I applied um, and I got it. And that gave me like some, some steadiness, some stability 
you know, it was a monthly kind of retainer that we had. I wasn't like trying to be a, an agency at that point. I was just like, what can I do that? I don't have to like hustle around and look for clients all the time and get sort of a check without having a job. <laughs> right. Like I was not, you know, as much as hard as it was to be in all that debt and everything else, I was still not like, let me go find a job. Also don't know if I advise that. I mean, maybe I should have, I don't know. When he's like, no, like whatever. You know when you know, honestly. Right. I always say like, if I had to get a job, it would have to be like the most amazing, phenomenal, flexible. Right. No, no boss related. No boss related. Whatever she wants, come when she wants, say what she wants, do yeah. what she wants. Job. Meanwhile, I'm like, well, we need to have your own business. <laughs> exactly. But I took this role and this, this coach happened to, she was quite successful. She had a seven figure coaching business. Um, and I was, uh, I was in there kind of creating all the copy, but more than that, I could really see the gaps in, in sort of this thing that happens for business owners when they, you know, when you're kind of like in your, your mid to low six figures, um, you're hiring a lot of contractors, you're getting support as needed. And as you grow to a certain level, it starts to become more important, important to have like a steady sort of team. And she was kind of putting this team together, but there were still sort of contractors and there were like some holds and gaps. The biggest one that I noticed, right? You know, raise your hands. If you're listening, you can relate, but the biggest gap, <laughs> I'm raising my, I'm raising my hand. <laughs> yeah, but it's this thing that happens. It's a, it's a natural transition, but the biggest piece was that she was still acting as marketing director in her business because you have this team. Hello. Hi. Is this a story where I'm supposed to learn a lesson here? <laughs> I feel like she's talking. I love to me. it. I love it. I love it. But I mean, it happens. And if you're not there yet, trust me, it'll happen to you too, right? Like you get to this place where you need steady help. So you have this great team of like contractors who you, who you have around you. Um, but you don't have, and I'm not talking about a project manager because that can become like an implementer role. Like, you know, boss tells, or, you know, CEO tells project manager, this is the project that we're working on. What she was missing was a marketing director who is going to talk with me high vision come up with the plan and tell the project manager, the graphic designer, the, you know, all the people how to do and hold the vision so it can keep moving forward. So that you as a CEO can actually do what you're supposed to do, which is showing up um, in your most radiant self, brand building, um, outdoing media, uh, establishing partnerships, like being in that vision, like thinking about what's next, being in that visionary role um, is really what's missing. And so you know, lovely helping Tamika was like, okay, well, I noticed this gap. So I'm going to kind of like fill it a little bit and help, you know, even though it's not my job. Right. So I did that for a little while and, you know, helped that particular coach, um, create, I mean, a really good exercise should be for, for us to like calculate the number. She's still to this day, if she shows up and does like a live stream, like every other live stream she does, she probably drops my name because we created so much great stuff together and created so much revenue in her business together. Um, but from there I was like, okay, well now that I'm like re-identifying what my superpowers are, um, I, I can't just do this for one person because <laughs> at this point I have a second child and I'm like, you know, time to chip down on all that debt and, and everything else. Um, and so that was the point at which I, I created Arisha um, as an agency. And we really got started, um, operating sort of as this marketing department for successful coaches, you know, running around with all these like custom retainers and everybody had a different thing. And then over that time as well, I was like, okay, this, this is not a stable business model for me either. Cause I'm sort of managing like five different hybrid, you know, teams at once for 20 different clients or whatever. Right. 
Um, but around that time, also, I started to look at like, I'm really good at identifying, like, what are the gaps in your marketing? What, like, what's missing or where are the opportunities to be another way to say it? Um, and so I really started um, to look at the biggest gap. And, and one of the big gaps were that a lot of my clients were sort of like, they could do launches. They had done launches successfully. They do multi-six-figure launches. It's not that launches aren't successful. It's just that they take a lot of time, energy, attention, everything else, right? Like I'm preaching, right? Like you're, yeah, you know, like everything out of you, you're like, take it all from me now. And you, you and know, you, like, and then you need how much longer to recuperate exactly like off to deal with the fact that you just did this crazy launch. Exactly. Exactly. So they were, you know, they're kind of getting to the place of like, again, when you start to, to really grow, you've got to do, I, I mean, you don't got to do anything, but I believe there's a certain merit and val- value in kind of doing the typical things that people do to launch programs and everything else when you're getting started. Cause you want to figure out what works and there's a value in showing up um, to launch things because you start to get your messaging clear and everything else. But after you've done that enough times, like over and over again, you start to know, okay, like these are the big messages that people need to hear. Um, does it require that I do like a two, you know, a five week, five, five week, ooh, five day challenge and a webinar and, you know, like, or project launch formula or like whatever formula it is that you're going to do for launch. Like, do I have to do all the things to have people enroll? And is there a better way? And so I took that question. I was like, is there a better way? How would we get people to enroll more quickly without um, having to do the whole launch thing? And I was like, well, duh, look at, you know, forget like the internet marketers funnel where it's like opt in and they're supposed to buy five days later and whatever else. What if we took it back to like actual marketing 101 and we look at a funnel? Every business has a funnel. There's a period in which you're generating leads. There's a period in which you nurture them up. And there's a period in which, you know, they start to convert and enroll. What if we actually got more strategic around our nurture marketing, the middle of the funnel? If we got more strategic around our nurture marketing in the middle of the funnel, then our people, by the time we came to launch, whatever that launch looked like, they'd be a little bit more ready. So if we focus on the messaging that they need to receive, you know, after they come in, like there's always going to be a certain number of people who um, join your list and they just see you on from jump and you say the right thing and they step in. But if you look at the numbers, that's really like, if you look at your, all the leads that you gathered in this month, I would say maximum like 20%. And that's like high max, max. I'm talking more like 5%, 2%, like, but it's a small number that are going to be ready right away to jump in. Right. What are you doing with the rest of those folks? Like, yes, you know, certainly if you're live streaming, if you're in Monique's world, you're doing some sort of brand building, you're being visible, everything else. But are you strategically sharing the messages that they need to receive to take them along the journey of like, hey, she sounds awesome to like, hell yeah, I'm, I call it the lean in factor. So they're like leaning in. They're like, yeah, whenever she offers the, whatever the thing is, I don't even know what the thing is, but whatever she's offering next time, that that's me now. I love that. Yeah. Right. Not doing the nurture situation. Right. Like, so like some nurture is that like the fact that you show up, like, I mean, I'm crappy with this, but like the fact that you show up, like what do you do it like daily? No, once a week, something like that, but you do your minimum once a week, minimum once a week. Right. Like, so that in itself is nurture. So like, let's be clear. Like you wouldn't be where you are today. Um, if you weren't doing that, but there's a difference between showing up visibility, brand building and strategic messaging. They both have to exist. It's not one over the other. They're both needed. Um, but you really want to be getting clear on like, what does, what does a brand new to me person, right? Like, what do they need to hear? They need to see, feel, receive, know, like what needs to happen so that when I make an invitation, they're stepping in. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so thus, 
that's, that's the nurture the nurture matrix was born and you know the agency we started to really hone in on supporting folks with the nurture marketing and we do like there are some clients that we do um offer sort of like a, a marketing director on demand you know program that's something that exists but our bread and butter uh for most clients and the entry point is really this piece around uh, strategic nurture because once you start to do that the floodgates open a little bit. You can start to launch a little bit less. You can start to dial in the efficiencies in other places in your marketing. Um, and when you can dial in those efficiencies, you can actually have your team start to take things on and do what needs to be done, right? They've got like a roadmap. They've got our playbook, right? Like they've got, you know, like these are the messages that need to go out. So they can kind of take your stuff and do things with it without you having to be like, okay, we need to create this now. We need to create that now. And that, again, these are like the systems and structures and, and strategies that start to come into play, you know, once you've sort of done a little bit of the figuring out what works. Um, but yeah, that's, that is the origin story, my love. I, well, I mean, it was an origin <laughs> story and a lesson all in once because my ne- my question was going to be around like, def- like, tell me about what nurture marketing and like, I think you, you totally laid it out. And I, as you're talking, and this is like, you know, me just in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, what? what There's definitely that thing around like I know how to show up, be here, be live, be visible, like pump my face into your face when I have something launching and things like that. But there is that, like when new people come on at different parts of the year, different, whenever it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, dating them a little bit before, you know, ask them to marry you type of thing. That is, that is where a lot of entrepreneurs fall short because it's not necessarily seen as a priority because you're not seeing the long, the runway it takes for the ask when that time comes. 6,000%. Yeah. So, and the dating, the dating, you know, dating before you marry, that's absolutely analogy I use. The other that I use to help people really understand why this needs to be a priority is that if you're doing any sort of lead gen and hello, if we're in business, we should be looking, you know, gathering new leads on a regular basis, right? You're essentially creating a leaky bucket in your business because you're bringing all these people into the bucket. And a good 80 to 90% of them are flying right out because you're just, I mean, maybe there's a chance that something that you share will catch them. But if you're not really thinking about which direction, like from the bucket, which direction would you like to pour and have them flow? A lot of them are just draining, draining right out because they're not receiving what they need, right? They're, they're not receiving what they need to actually make that buying decision um, and work with you. I feel like this is like, this is like the hidden key <laughs> because so many people want to build like, you know, and this is like a perfect question is like, Social media versus email list. What team are you on? Like, what's more important? I'd love to know your answer on that. Um, you know, but I'm like, what's the point in having an email list if they're on there just sitting there and you're not giving them what they need? Or yeah, and you're like, you know, and, and let's be clear, most people, most most people, some people have they <laughs> this, I mean, it's hard. I get it. Like, I get it when you're especially when you're in that like, I want to say like 300, you know, to 500,000 sort of mark when like you've got enough clients that you're like, you know, you're busy, you're doing things, right? Um, it can be really easy for gaps to kind of just like things slip through the cracks, right? It's like, oh, we didn't get an email out this week. Oh no. And then there goes another email week that we didn't get something out, you know? So that can happen. I get it. Um, but, you know, the folks who are spending all this time, energy, attention to like get the content out, but it's not the right thing. Like those are the people that my heart bleeds for. I call that being like on the content creation treadmill, you're creating all this content and you don't even actually know if it's helping to produce new clients because you're still living and dying by your launch. So you're doing all this stuff. You're like churning the things out. Uh, but yeah, you don't actually know, like 
you think it's helping and you know it's helping to some respect. Your, your list is growing, your socials are growing, but you don't have any metrics to say, yes, my list grew by this, my audience grew by this, and I saw incrementally this many more people convert. Um, if you're not seeing that, then you might be doing things that you don't need to do. And you're totally, like you're expending all this energy. Exactly. For no blinking damn reason. Exactly. You call it like the content treadmill. Yeah. Like, damn. How many of us are on that content treadmill? Right. Right. And again, again, I do think, and what I see you like, you know, teach your folks so brilliantly is like, you, you kind of do need to be on the treadmill a little bit to build the habit. Like you have to commit to showing up so, like, cause I know we're talking to people in different, you know, spaces and places. So like, I don't want someone who's like looking for the excuse to not put out any content, um, right. to be like, well, she said, she said, stay off the treadmill. So I'm going to just not. That's true. Today. Such extremes. They take it like, well, they're like, no, nah, if I ain't got, if I don't know what I'm saying, then I shouldn't be saying nothing good. I need that hour back. <laughs> right. Right. So show up and do the things. But when you've created a certain level of success, when you're seeing clients enroll in your programs you know, pretty regularly, you know that you've got some elements of things that are working and you can start to get more strategic about what you're doing and start to think about like, where is my time as the CEO best spent? How am I best serving my people? You know, how can I see, you know, how can I achieve that goal of like seeing higher numbers, more clients um, without quite as much work and eventually we get to without, without quite as much spend, right? Like all these things. But to answer your question, is it email or social media? It's both girl. Like it's both. For sure. Right. Like you can't, you can't, you know, like you you can't, I mean, I have clients who really don't love social media. They don't like as a, you know, moral view, they're just like, I hate it. And that's where their clients are. And that's an opportunity to, to where they can interact. Right. Email is great because it still represents that ability to like knock on somebody's door versus like, you know, yell out into the forest. I don't know if the forest is the right thing, but like, you know what I mean? Knock on the door, right? Like knock on the door, right? But it's only like, you're knocking on the door and you're saying the thing. You don't get to hear back from them. So you're like, hey, I'm here. I'm here for my whatever it is, but you don't actually take their information versus when you're out in the forest or the field or whatever, someone shows up, you can actually like, you know, hey, do you want to have a picnic? Do you want to, you know, play volleyball? Like, I don't know, right? But you can actually like interact with them. So you need to, you know, you need to be on both. I believe if you want to be an online marketer who is um, proactively uh, growing community for the purposes of serving more people. There are certainly the folks out here who are like, you know what, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to let the clients come to me. I don't know how they're doing. I mean. <laughs> you know how they're doing. They're not doing. They're wondering why more people aren't coming. The door. They're either, yeah, they're either wondering why more people aren't coming through the door or they're like, you know, well, because what I do see is I will, there's a growing sort of trend. I was just talking about this with a colleague of, you know, in the pandemic, one of the gifts I think has been just sort of this creativity um, for the real, it's, it's definitely separating the business owners from the entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs are like, what do I do now? My thing doesn't work. I'm going to go cry. And the entrepreneurs are like, how can I do this differently? What can I invent? And what can I, you know, that sort of thing. So in that, I'm seeing a lot of the business owners say, you know, I'm going to be online. I'm going to launch a course, that kind of thing. Um, but they're not super committed to it. And they're still kind of like, I'm just going to wait for people to find me, hoping that the business as it used to be will still work or, you know what I mean? Or maybe they have some sort of bricks and mortar. And so like online is kind of their secondary thing. Like the people who are not actively on social and email um, trying to grow their business, I don't consider them kind of like true online business owners. They probably got like a hybrid. They're hoping for clients to come through 
some other way, but they're, they're playing below their potential. Um, or they're, you know, or maybe they have lower goals, whatever, but anybody who's like in our community who is got big goals, um, you gotta be on both my friends and you want a really efficient way to do that so that you're not like, you know, trying to figure out what's the email that I send out this week and like, Oh crap, what's my live stream going to be? And what are, what are the posts that are posting? And, and this is like, if you have a team, great. They should be taking some of that off your plate and, and helping you and helping you put systems in place to do that. Um, but sometimes it's literally like you CEO creative creator saying, this is, you know, like this is what needs to go out. And that in itself is like wearing 25 hats, right? Not only are you like the creator, but you're also the, like the director and you're also like, you know, the taskmaster. you're all like, there's just too many hats to wear. Um, right. And that, that in itself is exhausting. Like who's got time to launch when you're like running, running, running the day to day, essentially. Right. Like that's no fun. Well, I mean, in the beginning you make it happen, but you do like eventually burn out and then wonder why your life is going the way it's going. But I, you're like, I should be happy. I should be happy. Why am I not happy? (laughs) Really great things around like, okay, so what, without giving away, you know, all the juice, like what are some of the things that you would advise then people to have, to get started in like this journey of the nurture seasons? Like how is the nurture marketing, where should they start? Like what should they even have ready to go? You need to know your ideal client like the back of your hand. And I'm not talking like demographics. So there are women between X, Y, and Z and da, 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 da. Like you need to get up into the, um, psychographics and the, the psychology of who that person is. And you also need to get into the daily lived experiences. Um, like what are they going through so that you can really start to design messaging that's going to a speak to them and B, um, take them from the place that they're in right now, whatever struggles they're in right now to where they want to go. So the avatar, like that's where we start with all of our clients. We do a really in-depth, um, ideal client, you know, visioning sort of exercise that goes beyond again, the typical things. And I'm not talking about the whole, like what magazines are they reading? What social media sites are they on? You know, like that's all great, but I'm talking about what are some like physical symptoms of, you know, what's going on for them on in, in a day-to-day. Like take me through 24 hours. What are the physical, tangible evidence that's happening for them in their lives that lets them know that they have a problem and that they potentially need your help? So symptoms are like a big one. Like what are they like getting as tangible as possible, right? In in your client's experience is like one of the big ones. And then you also want to get really deep into um, the beliefs that they need to have to get the results. So what beliefs do they have to start? Like what, where, what are they believing now? And what beliefs do they need to start having or be willing to adopt in order to get the results or the outcome that you can help them provide? Like those are kind of the two big areas that I would say you want to start to think about with your ideal client. Um, and you can, you know, you can do this with just like pick up a piece of pen and paper or make a document. Cause I, I believe it's a living document. It's something that you want to be looking at, um, I won't say like every time you have a sales call, but like, you know, once a month kind of take through your, you know, like often, right. Um, but just start there. Like, what are the, like list as many symptoms, you know, I'm not talking about they're overwhelmed. That is not a symptom. I have one. I have one. So if I was to pick like a a person and let's call her, 
don't want to give anybody a real name. So let's call her Deborah. Okay. Um, do I have any Debras? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> so I have Debra, right? And she's somebody who is like, I really want to start her business. And you can tell me if it's correct. She really wants to start her business. She goes to a job every day that she hates. She is there. She's frustrated. She's angry. And anybody, anybody, anytime anyone says anything to her, she just wants to punch him in the face. Then she commutes all her commutes home or because of pandemic, she turns off her laptop, still hating everybody. And her kids are like all over her, tugging at her. And she's super exhausted. She then picks up her phone and she looks at people on the gram and she's like, why can't I have that person's life? Why can't I have that house, that car, maybe even that man, whatever, or girl, (laughs) right? And they're thinking, why is this my life? And they're like, they may say something to themselves like, that could never be me. Right. And that would like, I always think about like a belief, a belief, a belief that something needs to shift when working with me is you need to believe that. Why can't I have that too? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if that's the kind of like belief shift. And I think about them scrolling and living in that comparison trap and the things they're telling themselves and the self doubt and the bank account that's never enough, always on that struggle. And it's like, what would it be like to go from, you know, living in overdraft or going from check to check? to having a full client calendar, money in the bank that you don't know what to do with. Yeah, and people that you love to work with. And people you love to work with every day. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's a great example. (laughs) So that's a great example of going from like the, you know, kind of pinpointing the symptoms a little bit, right? And then even like looking at that belief gap, right? So those represent things, Mo, that you would want to start to bring into your email marketing and into your social media. Um, And you want to do it like, you know, you don't want it just to be that message, right? When we're working with clients, we identify um, usually about 12. It's usually about 12 messages um, that are really, really important for folks. Yeah, write that down. Down. <laughs> well, that's how we create. Exactly. Well, the nurture matrix itself, right? It's a 90-day evergreen sequence that rolls across email and social media. So we it's 12 emails that we use, you know, kind of like a weekly sequence that folks get when they join um, your list. And then on social, obviously on social, we don't have quite a, quite a sequence, right? But we start to look at those, um, 12 core messages and we want to make sure that they're showing up, um, kind of like very regularly, right? So you can talk about whatever you want to talk about in the dirty 30, like these could make great dirty 30, you know, topics, but they don't have to be. The point of the dirty 30 can always be for you to talk to like whatever is showing up and, you know, questions people ask or whatever else, but you just want to make sure on social as well, like you're regularly touching on those people because that person who's scrolling that comes across you, they need that message. They need to know that it can be them too. And they need to know, you know, all the other pieces that help build them up, build up that belief that they can have it. So that eventually, because they're not going to buy from you if they don't believe that they can have it. Like when, why would they buy from you? Right. So there's a series of belief shifts that they need to make along the way that get to get them to the place of, hot damn, I can do this. And Mo is the person to help me make it happen. This episode is brought to you by the Juicy Brand On Demand membership, hashtag JBOD. After coaching hundreds of people on building their brand, I can tell you with certainty, the more you put yourself out there, the more money you gonna make. However, it's not gonna be without its challenges. And without a roadmap, a high vibe community to tap into, and a skilled coach who has your back, you are going to be in for a tough ride. However, if you want the key to building juicy content, 
juicy offers, and even juicier marketing strategies. Not to mention a coach that will help push you past those mindset roadblocks. Then I want you to visit www.juicybrandondemand.com to sign up today. And here, I'm going to make it easy. Try it out for three months. And if it's not your vibe, cancel at any time. But you won't. Why? Because the best part about the membership is not only do you get weekly live coaching, you also get access to over 50 hours of online training that you can watch and rewatch at your leisure. So it's your choice. You could keep trying to put the pieces together on your own, buying dozens of programs from different experts that don't work together, or you could join the JBOD membership where service-based business owners learn to build, scale, and nurture their brand with everything they need to win in one place. Just go to www.juicybrandondemand.com to sign up today. Sounds juicy, right? Now let's get back to the episode. There's a beautiful thing, a quote that you say, and I want you to just like share a bit more about it with the audience. But you say, marketing is a combination of art, science, and magic. And if you're looking for a linear A plus B equals C formula, you're doing it wrong. Yes, 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 yes. You know, you, you know, from this magic part too, right? Yeah, of course. I'm going to, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about the magic, but first I'm going to talk about the linear piece. Um, the reason that I say that so often is because folks will say, well, do I need, really need to do some nurture marketing? Like, do I, I mean, it's not, you know, inexpensive to work with our agency. We do great work and it's, you know, we don't do kind of like a, here's a, here's your matrix now. Bye. It's, you know, there's a process so that we can actually, um, craft it consciously together, uh, roll it out, optimize it. So, you know, it is a, it's a six month process basically. Right. Um, and so it can be really easy to be like, I don't want to see the long game. I just want like the thing in place right now. So forget that. I'm just going to like send out a couple of emails and like think about this. I'm going to think about my avatar a little bit, craft a couple of things. Now I'm nurturing now, right? There'll be people who listen who that like, that's what they'll take from it. And they'll, and that's great. That is something. Um, the thing to always remember with marketing is that it is, it is not linear. You're not going to like, I did a nurture email today and tomorrow I get a client necessarily. It is the combination of all the things that you're doing that creates the results, right? So you can't say, oh, just because I live streamed, that's what got me clients just because I, you know, launched this, whatever the thing is. So marketing is never linear. You always have to look at all the things that you're doing. And in particular, I like to look at the art science magic, um, because for me, that represents sort of the convergence of like logic and intuition and creative expression. So when I'm talking about the art, it's really that creative expression. Like I do believe as business owners, this is our form, like our highest form of expression and it's our art, right? No one can't tell you right? That like, you know, your art is, is, is wrong or bad or whatever. You get to show up and share and express however you want. And the people who are meant to um, hear that, they will like, they'll show up and they'll receive that, right? The science piece of it is that you do want to look at the numbers. You do want to look at some data, right? Like I know there are folks who get like, you know, just trapped by vanity metrics and they're like, nobody liked my thing. Oh my gosh, you know, there, so people, I'm doing, you know what I mean? I'm doing it wrong. And actually your nurture marketing, right? Like it's never, it's, it's not never, but it's not likely to be the thing that goes viral. I say that quite a bit too. Like it's not likely to be the thing that's actually effective in your business. is not likely to be the thing that goes viral because viral is like, yeah, this is exciting. It's fun. She's being fun, whatever. Um, people, when they're making buying decisions, they're not necessarily looking for fun. They're looking for kind of like facts on the ground and um, and they're also looking, you know, to be 
I don't want to say called out, but I kind of mean like called out in a loving way. Like they want, they need to like, it needs to hit them so that they take action, right? So like, like that's not going to be, exactly, why would I, right? Like it needs to kind of hit them right there, right? Like, so, you know, that's 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 the piece, I think, of of the science of it is that like you can be looking at your numbers and you want to, you know, again, when you're getting to that place in your business where you're like, you know, scaling up to a million, you start to look at the numbers and what's working and what's not. Um, you know, to a certain level, like don't ignore the numbers. Um, they're important. Also remember the art. And then the magic piece, like that for me is just that intangible quality, um, the energy that you bring, you know, the saying, like a, a way that people say this quite often, that is like a good, I think, example that people can relate to, whether there is a woo is me or not. Like, you know, I mean, I guess you can't see a lot of my crystals and all my, all my things been monos that I've got all my magic things all over the place. But you ever heard the saying like scared money, don't make money. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the energy, uh, the energy at which you're using to put out your marketing, to create your marketing, to craft your messaging that also, you know, touches or impacts the results that you're actually going to have. So equally, you could be looking at, you know, the data and making smart data-driven decisions and you could be like in your highest expression. But if you're still stuck in that energetic space of like, who really needs to hear this? This is never going to work. Blah, 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 blah. It's not going to work. It's just not. It's like, right. I, you know, it's just not, right? Like it's just not going to work. So you want to have all three of those pieces um, in play and you want to stop looking for that linear. Like if I just, if I just follow these five steps, right? Like, and, and you know, you see this within the matrix that, you know, that we deliver as well. Like it's not a formula. I call it a framework because the way that we roll it out for every single client looks a little bit different. Like at its core, the framework is 90 day evergreen sequence, emails, social media. And, you know, the way that we apply it on everybody's business can look a little bit different. Your nurture marketing is going to look a little bit different than, you know, other clients and and that sort of thing. Right. So you just, you want to like detach from the linear piece and really think about like the whole ecosystem, like what's going on um, across, you know, all, all planes to see the best results. I love that. Cause it's, it's just like brand, right? Like building mm-hmm. brand. it's not like you can just be over here on your one social exactly. media platform. It's like your photo can't be shit. And then your, your content's great. You can't have exactly like messaging on one platform and then be like your website has like a whole bunch of, it's like this cohesiveness, exactly you're touching them at all these different points and you're creating trust at every single point, exactly reinforcing your message at every single exactly. point, but exactly, clear, exactly, 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 your, your avatar to your person, right? So, oh, this is perfect. Okay. So tell me, um, like what's going on in the nurture in mark, what's working for nurture marketing right now? Give us like the insights. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that's working is people actually getting strategic about nurture marketing. Like there was a time when like nurture marketing just meant like, what emails do I send people um, after they opted to my list? And there's all these tons of, you know, lovely people, marketing consultants or coaches or whatever, who are like, this is what goes in your welcome sequence. That's how you nurture people. And then you just dump them into the list or sell at them or whatever else. So like number one is if you're not getting strategic around your nurture marketing, you're just, you're missing a huge opportunity to, um, to, to up-level the way that you connect with your people and, and see those results, right? The other piece that I'm seeing is um, in nurture, it's less about um, popcorn content and sort of like, you know, the five tips and tricks. And, and you know, this is where like the social media folks will come for me a little bit because they're like, well, you need that like popcorn content to, um, you know, gain new followers and, and people don't want big long form pieces of content and everything else. And again, like, yes. And the opposite. 
I do long right? I know you do. You do long form as well. Yeah. I see people. Well, it's funny because I, I always talk about this piece of like your nurture content needs to be like a three course meal, not like not, not popcorn content. You want a three course meal. And I saw somebody the other day, and this is like where like the algorithm and, and, and Facebook ads or whatever is so crazy. I saw another marketer who was like, let me show you how to make popcorn content. People don't want, <laughs> there's, again, there's, there's That's some, funny. there's something, there's something for everyone. There's something for everyone. And, and, you know, that other piece of that, like art science magic formula, I think in my mind is intended to say that like, it isn't a, it isn't a formula that everyone can like, that everyone's going to fall. It's not a repeatable sort of formula. Everyone has their own little thing. Maybe that person's audience and their audience and their, her clients' audiences, they like popcorn content because of whatever she's selling. Like, I, I don't know those pieces. Right. But I think in general, um, what I'm seeing working from a messaging perspective is, you know, that meteor content really focused around belief shifts. Um, but, and so rather than like focusing on kind of the, the popcorn thing, um, we're going there, but we're still leveraging what folks have created up until now, which largely has been a lot of how-to and popcorn, uh, by bringing that into the nurture conversation as well. So there's a way that you can craft, and this is something that we do. Yeah. This is something that we do with, you know, with clients in the nurture matrix also is that, we're creating these really great um, messages or emails or whatever, you know, that are designed around shifting beliefs, but we're still bringing in some of those like, you know, tactical, like here's a little nugget. So, and the reason that we want to do that is because giving people a little nugget of something to do all the time, just keeps them cycling, thinking that they can take care of themselves. They're just going to keep showing up on your page, looking for another nugget. Like, give me, give me my next snack, mama. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Right? Like, and snacks are fun and great. And if we want people to buy, we need them to understand why, like, they don't want just our snacks. They want the whole damn buffet. They want to just, you know, they want, they want all the things. They don't want a meal. Like, they want everything you've got, right? And the way that you do that is sort of like, A, you stand in your authority and you really focus on, like, what do they need to understand to start to step closer and closer to buying? And yeah, I'm still going to throw them a little snack because I got the snacks, right? So I might as well share them. So it's this idea of thinking more strategically about your nurture bringing in this higher, um, you know, more intentional form of messaging, but still leveraging and repurposing what you've got. Like I'm not looking when we, when we step in with our clients, our best clients are naturally brilliant content creators. They've got tons and tons and tons of content. So we're not here to be like, Oh, everything that you did up until today is trash. So throw it all in the garbage. No, what we're trying to do is figure out how to have the both and how to nurture people. So they're receiving the messaging that they need to receive while leveraging the best assets. Um, that you've had. And that's a little bit where the science piece can come in because we can start to look at, well, like what of the popcorn things, what are the little snacks that I created have been really successful? And we can start to orient things around that because you'll start to see trends. Like what do people really want to hear about? Or what are the biggest questions? We'll often start to match up with what are the biggest belief um, pieces. Like if you, you start to really look at the whole the whole thing, the whole matrix, right? You start to see how these things kind of map on onto each other. Um, so, you know, we're seeing that's really working, um, as well. I love that. And then, so how can people create less nurture content and still <laughs> see massive results? Because as a lot, there's a lot of solopreneurs on here who ain't got no piece of a team. They're wearing 15 hats, marketing director, CEO, uh, garbage man, babysitter, uh, <laughs> marketer, all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Less nurture content. I love the business degree on on YouTube and Google. Like you yeah. know, they they need to give certificates now for right? all the things we've learned. Oh because I feel God. like, look, can you endorse me on LinkedIn? 
please Google. I would like, I would like for you to do that. What do you guys watch? <laughs> um, how to on YouTube. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Um, so the big, the biggest thing, and it kind of depends on where you're at, right? If you have been creating a lot of content up until now, and you're kind of like, how can I use it a little bit? You know, this piece of like clarifying what your core messages are um, and finding ways to um, ensure that those are in there, but also repurpose what you've done so far will kind of just keep you creating a little bit less, um, right? Because instead of feeling like you need to come up with all these things all the time, you're instead orienting your content marketing plan around these specific messages and then repurposing pieces. So the real answer is repurposing. Mo, like when you've got stuff already, it's, it's really about repurposing. If you're just getting started, yeah, right? So like start to think more strategically about um, how you can, like you want this piece of messaging in here and then you want to start to repurpose, right? And then once you've done that, you can kind of stop creating new things. I remember a conversation actually, Monique, that you and I had. Um, yeah. And we were talking about a mentor that you've worked with well. You can, you can choose to drop if you want, but you'd said that you went to a mastermind with her and you had said that she was like, okay, Monique, you're done. <laughs> it's your numbers on your social and you like, you can stop marketing now. Oh my God, she you know did. what I'm talking about? Do you remember what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. So you can choose to drop if you want to drop or not. Um, Laura's Laura? No, it was Danielle. Danielle Leslie. Oh my God. It was Danielle Leslie and our secret best friendship that she hasn't clear if we're best friends yet, but we know each other. But Uh, you're certain. You're certain. She said that, right? And the. forgot that though, to be. I forgot. I know you forgot. I know you forgot. But the reason. Message me and said, (laughs) remember this? You're done with the damn. Because I, you know what, Monique, I'm not here. Like if what you're doing, friends, if you're listening and what you're doing is working, keep doing that. That's your formula, friend. Like that's your equation. Do it. And if you start to get into that place of like, am I being most effective? Do I feel like I'm always pumping stuff out and I have no damn time? Like you have to come, like my best clients come to me when they're like, they can, they, they see that gap within themselves. They know that there's like doing too much. Not sure if they're getting any results and want to find a way to like get the result they really want without doing all the more things. Right. So, you know, that becomes, that starts to become clear. Hey, Mo, we'll talk later. We need to have a conversation. Right. <laughs> right. But the reason that you can actually like when she, when we were having that conversation, I, I kind of, I, I don't know that I, it like hit me quite as much. I heard what the conversation that you like, you know, the, that you, the way that you shared it. Um, but it came back to me later on because I realized, you know, when you get really clear on what your messaging is and you, you know, have your sort of, um, way like style of communicating, like your brand, you know, is clear, like all of those pieces, you can kind of like stop because you get to just reuse what you've done already. Like it's like, you're done. Right. And then this is the same thing that sort of happens um, for folks when we figure out their nurture messaging. Like they can kind of stop because all they have to do is really like, yes, they're going to do some lead gen things and they're going to always show up and do some like brand, you know, building things and that kind of thing. Um, you know, those kinds of activities. And uh, from a nurture marketing perspective, which is largely like the most of the content that they had been creating anyway, they can kind of stop. And there might be the question like, well, so I'm just going to say these like 12 messages all the time. And the answer is friend. Yes. You, if you're not a broken record, you're also doing it wrong. Like your people need to hear the same things over and over and over again. 
until they either leave and go somewhere else or they, what we prefer is that they take action and they work with you. Like, what do you, like, why are they hanging around to get your, all your snacks all the time that you're like hustling like a maniac to give them snacks and they're not going to buy anything. You know what I mean? So it's like from a place of deep love, right? Like if you're really here to help people, you need to be that broken record so that they take action or go away. Unless like, unless you're a non-for-profit and that's great too. (laughs) But if you're here to make money and you're here to help people, right? Like you need to say the same things, trigger them a little bit in a loving way. Like I don't really mean it, but you know what I was saying? Kind of like call them out a little bit, have them like feel it, you know, feel the feels a little bit so that they are compelled to take action. Oh my gosh. If you're not a broken record, you're doing it wrong. Write it down, people. I love that that because that is definitely something that I also share with my clients. I'm like, you don't need a million messages. I have six pillars. You have six messages. Like everybody's got, guys, pick your thing and tell the people because it is, it's making content over and over again is exhausting. When at the end of the day, you're coming back to the same message. Right. That's the thing you teach. That's the thing you teach for. Right. And here's the thing. As the CEO, you're often too close to it. Um, and you're bored of your own self. Like it's, God, yes! do you know what I mean? So you, you get to this place and this is like all my clients will, well, all of them will say this. They, they, they get into this place. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. And that's not true. They know exactly what to say. They're just bored of it and they don't want to say it. And so when, the, when that starts to happen to you, that's the key time that you want to think about, okay, how can I have people step in and take what I've been doing take my key messages and start to do things with them to free me up a little bit so that I'm not continuously repeating myself and getting bored of myself. And while, you know, the team is out there creating and putting all these things out and the messages are flowing and everything is good, what tends to happen for our clients is that they, that inspiration, that creative space that they had inspires them to do something that is totally up-leveled from where they're at. That's where my folks get the space to write a book. That's where my folks get the space to do a TED talk. That's where, because they don't have to worry about the marketing day-to-day quite so much. They actually get to like, you know, know that it's handled because they've got a team that understands their core messaging, understands, like has a plan for how to repurpose things and get things out there and it's going in flow. And sure, they're going to show up from time to time when they're called to do a live. Sure, they're going to do their dirty 30 if that's like their thing. Like whatever the thing is, they still show up and kind of do that. Like there, there needs to be that like live energy that, um, only can come, I think, from you like showing up and physically, you know, infusing your energy into your brand and your business, right? So there, you, there, it's not like you're like taking, you know, weeks off. Although, like my message, you know, my message yesterday from a client was like, "Oh my god, we just like came from vacation, and I haven't um, like taken a vacation without like actually wanting to check in on things in a long time." And it was just it was super sweet, and you know, it was so yeah, like so you know, that's the dream, right? Like because you know, all the things are like flowing, right? But the bigger piece for those, again, like our folks are the like ambitious folks who are like a million, so on plus, yes, because they love money, but also because they want to really help people. They get to be freed up creatively to do that next thing. Like one of our clients launched a magazine. Is the magazine going to be the thing that like immediately draws all this business and everything else? No, like if she was just starting out and she was like, I'm going to start a magazine. I'd be like, you are crazy. That is a lot of work. You are not Oprah. Stop. You don't have the same time, the same number of days in the, you know what I mean? But now that like, we're like, we crossed a million last year in her business, um, all her content marketing, like all those pieces are, are, 
flowing. We've been able to get her campaign calendar like for the year all systematized so her team knows what to do. And so she's like, yeah, I'm going to launch a magazine as a platform for like she runs a sort of certification program. Um, so she's like, I'm going to create the magazine so that it can start to be like at one point grow to become a platform for all our certified coaches. They can contribute they can distribute it to their clients. Like it becomes a, um, a branding piece or an ambassador then for the work that she does in the world, like, you know, to the, for the clients who her, yeah, for the clients, her clients serve. Right. Right. But those aren't things that you can have time and space to do. Like, you know, when you're in the business of trying to figure out, you know, is everything covered in marketing? Are we going to hit our numbers, everything else? Once you have these pieces in place, you can start to do these next level things. And so that's really kind of like the secret, secret, you know, mission behind, the nurture matrix. And it's really, that's the intention or the, um, you know, the, the mission behind Arisha creative, like Arisha are, um, they're your Yoruban like deities, I guess would be the best way to kind of explain it to people. They're, you know, human, half human, half spirits. Like I won't go down the full woo woo path, but essentially they come down from the heavens to earth to help people fulfill their purpose whatever that might look like. Right. And so that's where, that's where the name, um, that's where the name came from. That is clearly my interpretation of it. But I, you know, I, I read and received and, um, had some info and I was like, Oh, like that is, that is how we show up. So we're here to help coaches, leaders, um, you know, mentors to do their biggest work, to expand and amplify their voices in a way that like supports them to just continue to evolve that and, and serve more and more people. Cause again, like, you know, where's your book friend? Where's your book? I'm gonna call you up for a second. Where's your book? Right. But you like, it's very difficult to focus on book. I'll tell you where the book is. <laughs> it is waiting for Monique to have the space that you just talked about in order to go and create. Like literally that's exactly. It's funny you say that. Don't bring your woo-woo business <laughs> and read me through the Zoom video. Okay. Don't read me through the Zoom video. But that's Sorry. <laughs> having this week. It's about time, mental space, all of that. And I was looking at the different parts of my business and I was like, well, where are the holes that need to be filled and move without me? So right. I can creatively go and do that thing. So I love that. I didn't know that's what Arisha meant. So I love that you shared that. And guys, we all need somebody coming down from the heavens to help us <laughs> those amazing selves. So Tamika, I'm just so, I'm so happy that I finally had you on here and I appreciate you in so many different ways. Um, but before you go, I do want to ask you, cause I ask everybody, um, is there anything that you can identify that's happened to you lately or in the last week or so that you would categorize as super ooey gooey juicy, right? Because mm. I feel like as entrepreneurs, we don't really get to celebrate all of the wins. We don't get to celebrate even the little ones, right? So is there anything that's happened to you where you're like, Oh, that's so juicy. Even it could be even something you're working on. Yeah. So this is going to be like this. It feels boring, but it really, but it, it, it is juicy for the past couple of weeks, for the past couple of weeks, we've been experimenting on my team with like having me only do content reviews on one day. And we've done it for like two weeks in a row now. And at first I was like, oh, this is going to like be so anxiety inducing. Cause I'm so used to like jumping in and giving like feedback to move client projects along and every day of the week. And of course, as you can hear that probably like, it doesn't make it easy for me to have time blocked out to do the various things. Like even just to have like a day, like Fridays are my day where I like do nothing, but I'd be, I'd be, you know, trying to review copy or whatever. So for the past two weeks, Monique, Thursdays have been my content review days. And I will tell you what, that feels so juicy just to be like, 
for the rest of the week, I can focus on growing the business. I can, you know, focus on like all, you know, all these pieces. And it's just like the client deliverables happen in this one day. And what makes it so juicy is that in week one, because I, you know, of course, in week one, I was, I said to my, I said to my team, I said to Jane, I was like, Jane, uh, oh, I know this, you know, X, Y, and Z is ready early. Like if, if it's ready early, I can just look at it. And she was like, no, you back up. Nice. You're so like, yeah. So that was like juicy for me because not only was it like I'm creating this boundary. I think that like that's what it is. It's not. I mean, yes, it's the you know that physical thing, but like for me, it's like the ooh, like relaxing into boundaries, like and and carving out the space that I want for myself so that like I can run my week with like a certain flow is just like the juiciest thing. But the physical thing that's like shown up you know, to make this happen so far is, is this like change that we've done of like Thursdays are content review days. That is it. That is all proceed, proceed, proceed. That is the dream right there, guys. That is a dream. We're all getting, we want to all get to where people are running the show. We just come in with our genius and go, yep, check, 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 check the tip boxes. And then we can go on to create even more magic. Um, Tamika, I don't even know what to say. I just want to acknowledge you for so many things, your growth, your support, who you show up in the world as you always have been here at like very pinnacle parts in Monique's journey that nobody will ever get to hear about because they private conversations. Private. (laughs) Like from when Monique was a jewelry designer in 2009, all the way to the, you know, the juicy CEO she is today. You know, you found me my, like, I would say one of my very first coaches that made such a significant change in my business. And you're always there. Um, I just want to like tell you how much I appreciate you. You are a very special mm. human being. And I'm just like, as I do this podcast, I realize how many special human beings I get to interact. I'm very blessed. Oh, I love you. And blessed, blessed indeed. Like blessed oh indeed. You're, you're right. Like you're right. It's, it's when you actually have these experiences to be able to um, stop and like think about the people that you have in your life and that you've been on this journey with. It's like... Oh, that's pretty juicy, goosey. You blah, blah, blah. That's like beautiful. Yeah. It's all of the juice. So guys, for everyone's listening, go show Tamika some love over there on social. If you know you're at a place where you've got those gaps, you need a marketing director, you need to nurture the audience that you have or the one you want to be growing, go and check her out and go and get on this nurture. Make, girl, she's got a packed calendar, but I'm sure she, she's got some time. So you, you don't only come correct if you're ready to become a t- <laughs> Well, here's what I will say, Mo. For folks who are like, I don't know if I need this yet. We have this really great Nurture Opportunity Scorecard. You can download it. It's free. Yeah, you can download it. It's free. Go to nurturematrix.com slash scorecard. And it'll help you. Yeah, it'll help you go through your content, um, your email, your social media, and just start to identify, like, are there some gaps in the messaging? Are there some pieces and parts that you can start to, um, you know, level up a little bit? Perfect. And we're going to put all your, how to contact you, how to get in touch with you, all your social media over there um, in the show notes. Um, but Tamika, I love you. I thank you. And I can't wait for this episode to go live. Me too. Woo! Thank you, Mo. Thank you. If you enjoy this episode, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week. And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening 
then post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at MoniquePrian underscore co. That's Brian with a Y and you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status.